Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. Hey, everybody. Wendy Sellers here, the HR lady. I am back with JC talking about... Don't you dare threaten me with a good time, Wendy. Look (laughs) at you. We're going to continue our conversation on military uh, and and hiring veterans. But then before we get into this, I want you again to educate your hiring team, your managers, and make sure that they're aware of what they can and cannot do. You know, I mentioned in series one about, hey, you might actually have to spend less money, meaning you might not have to get all these, give all the benefits to your military or family members of military because they have benefits elsewhere. Never, ever, ever bring that up in decision-making. You can be accused of discrimination and, and convicted of discrimination. But there is a lot of talk about military discrimination uh, for and against. So remember, everything that I'm saying today, you also can't use somebody's military status to say, oh, I I give preferential treatment to them to those with the military and so you know wendy i'm not going to hire you because you weren't in the military and somebody is because you can get accused of discrimination and some people call it reverse discrimination that's not exactly what it is but for lack of better word that is how we will explain it um military discrimination that i have seen and that you know you could see on the internet too if you're, you're looking at you know lawyers websites is treating people differently because uh, even though they have the exact same qualifications and maybe licenses or certifications, but you're treating them differently because they were in the military. Uh, you're giving them less pay and in some cases le- less benefits. Like I mentioned in series one of this podcast series, you're giving them less benefits because you're like, oh, you have the benefits through the government. That's not always the case. Um I personally, and JC, maybe you can enlighten us with this here. I personally have not served in the military. Many of my family members have. Uh, I know a lot of individuals think, oh, if you're in the military or and you're only in there for a couple of years, you get benefits and pay for life. Not the case, right, JC? Yeah, not the case. You know, uh, <laughs> things to consider, just like she mentioned, less pay, fewer chances to move up, different job duties. Being passed over for jobs or promotions, being harassed because you are in the military or were in the military and not getting the same benefits as other people are all signs of military discrimination in the workplace. A military discrimination lawyer can actually help you figure out if you've been treated unfairly and can give you legal advice and support. A lot of lawyers, believe it or not, offer free consultations to look at possible claims as well. So it never hurts if you feel you're in a situation to reach out to an attorney the appropriate way. Yeah, it's most lawyers will will take on your case if they believe it's strong enough without any money even transpiring because they're going to plan on getting it from the winning lawsuit. So you get a million dollars. Yeah, we wish. Right. And yeah, 200,000 of that goes to the lawyer, if not more. So don't be afraid to reach out. If you are somebody that's on here today listening, going, you know what? I think I might've been discriminated against. Don't be afraid to reach out and explain the facts to an employment attorney, one that represents candidates. For those of you that are on here that are on the HR side, and you're like, well, wait a minute, I need to check this out. 
please reach out to an employment attorney or a consultant um, like myself or someone else who has some expertise in with, with discrimination to say, okay, are we, have we been doing something wrong? And then how are we going to, how are we going to fix it? Fixing it, by the way, means I might need to go back to some candidates that my manager turned down and I didn't realize that they were discriminating them. So making it right is what most candidates just want. They don't want to say, oh, I'm out to sue. They usually just want to make it right, put me back in the running for that job or for another job that's similar to the one that I applied to. And you know, a lot of people uh, tend to ask the question, what's a simple rule of thumb here? You know, it gets complex. What's a simple rule of thumb? Not getting the same benefits as other people. That one blurb right there. Yeah. That's it. It really is. And benefits also include promotions, even if there's not money involved. So if you're you're giving people promotions, a little caveat here, if you're giving people promotions and you're not giving them more money, it's not really a promotion. You're just asking them to do more work. Okay, sidebar. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're giving anybody a promotion um, and, you know, you're only giving people that have military background, I don't know, 3% raise and you're giving somebody else with the same position, same position background, you know, a 5% raise, is it automatically discrimination? No, it could be you started somebody off in the, that had the military experience at a higher level of pay and you're now, you know, um, evening it out. So don't automatically assume that your managers are discriminating or you as an organization are discriminating, but just remember, you also can't do the opposite. You should not be giving people preferential treatment just because they went to the military because now you be, can be accused of discrimination against the person who's not getting that treatment oh this human resource thing is so difficult <laughs> <laughs> well aside from all that uh wendy you're also a part translator too if i'm not mistaken from what you were saying in the previous episode helping people with their resumes a little bit and translating terms is that right I really, I, I can't say I, I put that on my resume, but I, you know, I tried years ago, like, okay, how can I help veterans? How can I help the people I didn't serve? I should be helping. So I started volunteering for, for groups that are helping people who are just out of the military or coming out of the military. How are you going to transition into a civilian job? And when I was looking at their resumes, I was like, I have no idea what any of this is. <laughs> uh, the, the cool thing is, there is a ton of links, a ton of websites out there. Um, and I will make sure that I put these on my LinkedIn profile and then on my personal, uh, my uh, VHR lady blog on my website as well. So you can go there and get all these links. But there's a ton of information out there. One that I'm looking at right now, ironically, is just one off a of ZipRecruiter. It's literally, you know, ZipRecruiter um, did a, a study uh, with a college and said, okay, here are some terminology that we need to translate. So I just wanted to go over a few because many of you may go, oh, I didn't know what that meant. And many of these, I don't know at the time either. You will, but I don't, you know, a commander. So the military title for commander, a civilian translation might be a vice president, a director or a senior manager. And there's a big difference between vice president and senior manager, but it depends on the size of the organization. If you're in a very small organization, a senior manager might be called a VP. If you're in a very large organization, you know, you, you might have somebody that is then only called a senior manager because there, it's so many levels of the org chart. 
um, an executive officer. That would be the military titles terminology. The civilian translation is could be a deputy director. I usually see that in um, government type jobs or if it was a private job, assistant director or associate director. What other kinds of titles do you see that you wish people would know what they actually mean, JC? Yeah, absolutely. When you're looking at company grade officer, that could instantly equate to an operations manager or coordinator, uh, a senior NCO. Very important job in the military, and that could be a supervisor or coordinator. A warrant officer may be uh, equivalent to like a department head or a department manager. And in some instances, believe it or not, with warrant officer, that may actually relate to a director a director or executive manager or someone along those lines but when you think about first sergeant that's a personnel manager a squad leader there's a team leader a team lead a supply sergeant a logistics manager or maybe even an operations nco that could be an operations manager or operations supervisor Look, if you're a veteran looking for a job in the civilian world, you need to know how to put your military experience on a civilian resume. And if you want to get a job similar to what you did in the military, it might help you to put your military occupational specialty, your MOS code, on your resume. But if you want to get a job in a completely different field, the best way to make that resume civilian friendly is to use some of these basic corporate translations to build that bridge. And there's also other terms relating to skills and responsibilities, Wendy. When you're talking about a medal in the military, that's an award. If you're talking about a mission, that could be a task, a function, an objective, or maybe uh, regulations. In the service, you call them regulations. On the outside, they're policies or guidelines. Service members, those are employees. Subordinates, those are employees as well. And a TDY, that's simply a business trip. Look, an MOS translator is going to assist you in determining which civilian jobs you're most qualified for based on your military experience. It's a very useful tool. And if you're not sure, definitely turn to the VA. They've got people there that could help you out. Or turn to someone who's experienced, like Wendy Sellers, that could help make that transition and translation. You should have a toolbox of civilian-friendly terms that make you translate and parlay what you've done to put it into the terms of those that you're talking to. Thanks, JC. And we're going to talk more about uh, the civilian terms or the translations in series four or five of this podcast. Uh, But right now, what I want to do in series three is jump over to really getting into what are the real benefits of hiring veterans. We'll be right back. Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.